and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Wednesday, folks, and only one more day until the NBA is back, baby! Woof! We have almost officially made it, folks, not being able to really bet on anything. Uh, you know, we've been taking a little bit of a swing on hockey and some college basketball, but, uh, you know, it's not that NBA that we all know and love and truly know the lines and know what we're talking about. So, one more slumber before the NBA is back on. Folks, cannot wait. So, today on the show, we are going to be walking through the NBA playoffs if they started today. This is the perfect time to do it. Midpoint of the season. Who is potentially going to win the finals based on what we've already seen in the first half of the season? So, we'll walk through the playing tournament, we'll walk through all the first round, second round, third round, finals matchups to declare our winner, and then we'll see what the odds are. Maybe we can get some great value betting on the NBA championships right now, declaring a winner, picking the winner. So, we'll look at all that and talk that all through. Uh, we've got uh, some stories to talk about in the NFL that we'll start with. Uh, you know, some Aaron Rodgers news. And we all we all waited, right? We all tuned in to the Pat McAfee show, and Aaron Rodgers gave us nothing like classic Aaron Rodgers. So we got to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Brian Flores is back in the news, and uh, the Steelers are looking for a new quarterback. Thank goodness. Uh, so lots to talk about today on the show. So let's just jump right into it, shall we? Here we go. All righty, here we go. First story up. We're going to start in the NFL, then switch gears to the NBA. But uh, first story up here, Aaron Rodgers. We thought we were getting the official announcement. Retirement, staying with the Packers, leaving the Packers. And here we are, still not knowing. Aaron Rodgers stringing us all along like we know he loves to do. Loves to kind of, you know, send out cryptic things, cryptic messages. And this is what we got two days ago, real late at night, folks. Aaron Rodgers posts this on Instagram. Gratitude is the wine for the soul. Go on, get drunk. Aaron Rodgers loves to kind of do this higher level of thinking. Oh, I, I, I just want to give some gratitude. Oh, gratitude by Aaron Rodgers. That's what everybody wants. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, the god of the NFL and having gratitude uh, by Aaron Rodgers. Oh my God, we all, we all want that so much in our lives. So that's what Aaron Rodgers does on Instagram. Says gratitude is the wine for the soul. Go on, get drunk, and then post multiple pictures of him with family and friends and teammates. And then is thanking all the teammates there on the long Instagram post. I'm sure y'all have seen it. We're not going to go through and give Aaron Rodgers a time by reading this garbage Instagram post. And then the following day, he announces, hey, I'm going on the Pat McAfee show, so tune in. And then when he gets there, it's all nonsense. And Aaron Rodgers, he's like, hey, hey, hey. he says this, quote, there's nothing cryptic about gratitude. 
Okay, Aaron, you knew what you were doing, right? Sending that out. And he said, oh, I was like on a 12-day cleanse. And at the end of that 12 days, I just, oh, I was gushing with gratitude. So I just had to take the social media. And I just had to thank everybody because, oh, my God, that 12-day cleanse. I'm in such a right mind space. Look at me. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm so intellectually gifted. I can go on 12-day uh, just kind of cleanses and cleanse my soul. And I'm such a better person. And look at me, I'm Aaron Rodgers. Look at me, I'm so, I'm the prototypical human and big brain IQ. Everybody should be following all the time. Yeah, we get it, Aaron Rodgers. You're the best person on the planet, and all that. You know what? You're not the best at. You're not the best quarterback of all time. So yeah, you can be like the most enlightened quarterback of all time. That's what Aaron Rodgers is going for now, folks. Aaron Rodgers is now the most enlightened quarterback of all time, and we should all be bowing and um praising how intellectually gifted Aaron Rodgers is folks i mean this is what this is what he wants folks posting the instagram post late at night having everybody guessing everything that he said throughout this entire season and all that he thinks he's smarter than everybody bringing up the whole you know COVID situation and not getting the shots and all that which I kind of agree with but overall he wants to know hey I'm thinking hey I'm a thinker Aaron Rodgers I, I, I I'm the thinker of the NFL here so that's what Aaron Rodgers has he's the greatest thinker the highest intellectually gifted quarterback in the league because he know he can't touch Tom Brady for greatest of all time. Probably can't. I, I give Drew Brees. I mean, if we're talking about one ring, I put Drew Brees over Aaron Rodgers. I'm I'm sorry for that. Okay, folks, I'm sorry, but I will not be taking that take back. I know that's not a popular take. I know y'all will criticize me for that, but I don't care. Give me Drew Brees over Aaron Rodgers. That's what it is. Aaron Rodgers does not win the big games, folks. He does not take the shots during the game to win the game we already talked about that folks he he knows he knows once again Aaron Rodgers big brain IQ hey hmm all right I'm a quarterback and I'm really good but what gets negative attention on the media in social media with the fans oh turnovers oh yeah so I won't throw any turnovers and how do you throw turnovers oh how, how do these quarterbacks throw turnovers oh they force the ball okay so I won't force the ball so I won't get turnovers so I won't be hounded on the media and they will all love me and all that so I just won't take any real big chances especially with the game on the line I won't take that many big chances unless I'm forced to win a Hail Mary situation and I've completed so many um Hail Marys that are just lucky we still give Aaron Rodgers a little credit for those Hail Marys because he still got to get the ball there so we still give him credit but overall folks they're Hail Marys so we're praising Aaron Rodgers because he throws Hail Marys because it's literally you have no more time on the clock you have to make this throw Aaron Rodgers always pushing off putting off having to make the big throws until there's only one second on the clock so yeah you might as well take a shot and he's completed way more Hail Marys than any other quarterback I think in NFL history so y'all just clamor to that all right if that's what y'all want to do I've got no problem with y'all what y'all want to do folks we say that all the time I don't care what y'all you know want to think and want to you know praise as great we just won't do that over here and that's what we're not doing over here folks we're not praising Aaron Rodgers because he has a couple of Hail Marys but back to the post, you know, uh, posting that late at night, you know, thanking all the teammates and, uh, you know, how wonderful Devontae Adams is and all that. Then going on Pat McAfee and being like, oh, oh, y'all thought I was going to, 
y'all thought I was going to say something. Why, why would y'all think I would say something today? Oh, because, because of that little silly post I posted on Instagram. I was on a cleanse. I was at the end of my cleanse. There's nothing cryptic about gratitude. Okay, Aaron. Yep. All right. Yep. All right, Aaron. You're you're the smartest. You know, uh, you wouldn't fall for you know your own antics. We get it. Aaron Rodgers, big brain IQ, highly intellectual. Congratulations, Aaron Rodgers. Are smarter than everybody. Is that what you want, Aaron? Do you want somebody to say that you're the smartest person in the world? I'll say it for you, so we can stop this garbage. Can we stop the act? Can we stop the play? Can you just go and win another ring? Get to the ring. I don't even need you to win another ring. You just need to get there can you get it done in an NFC championship game please Aaron please and stop blaming everybody else you got everybody blaming special teams now that's where we're at with Aaron Rodgers no Aaron Rodgers is actually really good it's just he doesn't have the complete team he has a great offense around him great offensive line two great running backs receivers on deck tight end, smart coach, great defense, but he just doesn't have that special teams. You can't expect any any quarterback to win with garbage special teams, so of course Aaron Rodgers is the greatest of all time. It's the special teams that are always beefing it to Aaron Rodgers. That's it. Can we stop it with that, please? Honestly. So Aaron, I'm compl- I'm so I'm done. I'm done. we been done with Aaron Rodgers, folks. But I'm true. I'm done. Make up your mind. Leave Green Bay. You need it. You need Aaron. I'm telling y'all, Aaron Rodgers needs to get out of the NFC because the man cannot get to the Super Bowl. You put Aaron Rodgers in the AFC, he does the Tom Brady. He wins a ring first year with the new team. So yes, Aaron Rodgers, pull the cord. Get out of Green Bay so we can finally see you in. A- uh, in a Super Bowl again. Wasn't that, you know, always with Tom Brady? Oh, Tom Brady's only getting to the Super Bowl because he's in the AFC. You put uh, uh, Tom Brady in the NFC with Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady's not winning any rings. Okay, Aaron, then you go to the NFC so you can win a ring. Can we start winning? Do whatever you got to do, Aaron. Please go to the NFC. Please leave Green Bay. Stop with all this mumbo-jumbo. I'm leaving. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm only leaving... <clears throat> If they don't give me all the demands, but I have the, I got so much gratitude for this team and all this. Aaron, enough, enough. And then he says this also during the Pat McAfee show saying, uh, Aaron Rodgers on his looming decision saying, quote, it won't be long. It won't be long. You said that right as the season ended and then you're doing this cryptic garbage again. It won't be long. No, it will be long. It will be long and drawn out like it already is. So over, I'm so done. I'm so done with Aaron Rodgers. He has not won enough to be acting like this. Tom Brady, absolutely. Tom Brady can act like this and worse and worse and worse. 10,000 million times worse than this because the man's got seven rings and been to 10 Super Bowls. Tom Brady can do whatever the hell he wants. He can retire and come out of retirement and play again, which maybe is what he's doing. I don't think so. But over that we didn't have Tom Brady dragging out the retirement 
posting cryptic, cryptic Instagram messages of being like, oh, hang on, I may retire. No, no, it was Adam Schefter that leaked it, <laughs> all right? And then Tom Brady, a little bit of a, a pullback on that, but with his family. And then it was like two days later, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm actually retiring. So can we get that, Aaron, please? Can we stop this long, drawn-out nonsense? You honestly have not earned it. I know your fans will say, of course Aaron's earned it. He's the best quarterback of all time. Okay, well, where are the, where are the championships? What do we play the game for? Championships. Do I care because he's good in the regular season? You know how many quarterbacks are good in the regular season, folks? And that doesn't impress me. What do you do in the big situations, one and done, game on the line, at home, on the road, biggest game, getting to the Super Bowl, and what has Aaron Rodgers done? What did he just do? Put up? Did he only put up 10 or 13 points this uh, the, the second round of the playoffs? His first playoff game? Uh, so what are we doing, Aaron? Honestly, what is your goal? What is your end game? Do you want to be praised because you're so smart? I'll do that, okay? Aaron Rodgers, he's smarter than me. He's smarter than us all. Aaron Rodgers is God himself because he's so um, highly intellectual, folks. He's not even, we're not even in the same uh, uh, stratosphere that Aaron Rodgers is intellectually. We should all be striving for Aaron Rodgers' greatness, his greatness intellectual gift that he has. We should all be studying Aaron Rodgers because he's so intellectually gifted. We can only hope and dream and strive to be as intellectually gifted as Aaron Rodgers, folks. I I don't even pray to Jesus at night. I pray to Aaron. I pray to Aaron Rodgers because this man is so intellectually gifted. Uh, who else would I pray to, right? It's all Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is it, folks. I'm done. I'm over it. Win a ring. Win another ring. Get to another Super Bowl. Please, Aaron. Please. I'm begging you. He's such a great talent with only one ring. It's absolutely absurd. It's absolutely absurd. But he's not getting it done when he needs to. So if that's what you call the greatest of all time, y'all can keep that. That could be y'all's greatest of all time. We're not putting that at the grace of all time over here. It takes by fans. We have a little bit of uh, higher standards. <laughs> we have a little bit of higher standards, I would say. <laughs> So, Aaron Rodgers, cryptic message, goes on a huge platform, Pat McAfee, that he only kind of works with, which I've got no problem with. Um, but then, you know, so he posts a message, goes on Pat McAfee, then is like, oh, no, no, I'm not saying anything today. Oh, and also it won't be long. Well, if it won't, you know what's not long? Saying it yesterday. That's not long. So, we'll see what we get by Aaron Rodgers when we get it. Uh, we get this. It seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to stay because... We get this. The Packers have created $10 million in cap space for this upcoming season by restructuring the contract of nose tackle Kenny Clark. Green Bay converted $13 million of Clark's 2022 compensation into a signing bonus and added two void years on his deal. So creating $10 million for the cap space, wanting to bring Devontae Adams back, Aaron Rodgers wants to get paid, all that. And they're chipping away to create some space. So the Packers are doing everything in their power to keep Aaron Rodgers. Because why would you not? Um, Aaron Rodgers knows he has this organization by the, you know, the testicles. Yes, folks. 
Got him by the testicles. He's got the Green Bay Packers by the Packers, yes? So, Green Bay knows this. Aaron knows this. Talk up. Cryptic message right before he goes on a huge platform. And then now they're restructuring deals. Everybody's bowing down and praising and walking on eggshells once again with Aaron Rodgers classic. So, that's where we are with Aaron Rodgers. Still no information. Classic Aaron Rodgers. A lot of talk. No substance. All of that. Classic Aaron Rodgers. Yes. So, Aaron being classic Aaron, we got, uh, you know, Turtle Rogers out of his shell, and I, I think I like him a little bit better in the shell, because once he's out of the shell, we get this. <laughs> put put, put a turtle, put the turtle back in the shell. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers popping his head back out of that shell. So, that's where we're at. That is where we are at with Aaron Rodgers. I hope he leaves Green Bay, uh, does a Tom Brady, wins a ring year one, and then I would have no problem. If Aaron Rodgers wins one more ring, I would have no problem having the GOAT debate. Getting the, getting the one more Super Bowl, I would still have the debate. The debate would be a lot tougher to put him as the greatest of all time, but it would be a closer debate. Aaron Rodgers, please, please. Please, please get to another Super Bowl. Do whatever you have to do. It is not in Green Bay. You've tried it the last three years. It just doesn't work. I don't know what it is. It's a little bit of you. Uh, I guess a little bit of the special teams. I get it. Uh, but, I mean... We were championing for Matt LaFleur to win uh, Coach of the Year because this entire Packers team was good. It wasn't just Aaron Rodgers. It was barely just Aaron Rodgers being great. It was the team, folks. Two 1,000-yard backs? And you give Aaron Rodgers MVP because of that? Because he had two great running backs in the backfield? Because he has Devontae Adams, Al Lazard, because he's got a great genius in Matt LaFleur, because he has the top defense in the league, that gives you MVP. He didn't even throw 5,000 yards. The man barely threw, uh, he threw low, low 4,000s. That's just average. That's average good quarterback play. So, uh, I'm, oh, I'm done with Aaron Rodgers doing this. I'm done. I mean, you have not won enough. And Tom Brady can do this. Eli Manning could do this. He didn't do it, but he could do it. The man's got two rings over Tom Brady. That's really gosh dang impressive. Aaron Rodgers with Tom Brady in the same division in the AFC champion NFC Championship game for one season. Aaron Rodgers could even beat Tom Brady then. Manning did it twice in the Super Bowl. Ah, Eli Manning could do this kind of stuff. Peyton Manning could do this kind of stuff. Patrick Mahomes already. I give him the credit. You can do all these things. Russell Wilson, he's trying to do some of these things here. It's not panning out too well for him. So, Aaron, I'm done. I'm done. You want to be kind of praised as highly intellectual. There you go. There's your praise for us. Aaron Rodgers is the most intellectually gifted person I have ever met or seen in my entire life. Never met him. So, I guess he's the most intellectual person that I have ever witnessed. Not in person, not firsthand, but I have witnessed ever. Is that what you want, Aaron? Do you want us to all get on our knees and bow down to you? Is that what's going to make you happy, Aaron, at the end of the day? Is that what you're chasing? Because it doesn't seem like you're chasing rings. It doesn't seem like really rings are doing it for you. It seems like you want everybody to just bow down and praise you. You got that for your entire career. Green Bay, you could do no wrong in Green Bay. Everybody was bowing down to Aaron Rodgers. But now... <clears throat> 
after these last two seasons, you're losing a little bit of fan faith. Stephen A. Smith, folks, and this is big. This is big. We need to take this as a big gauge of the overall narrative around Aaron Rodgers. Stephen A. Smith has said that Aaron Rodgers is no longer the bad man. No longer bad man Aaron Rodgers. Does he know this? Is he paying attention to all this? Maybe, I would assume yes, but given Aaron Rodgers, if you ask him the question, he'd be like, oh no, I don't pay attention to any media. I don't pay attention to any news. I know all the information myself, and I don't pay attention to everybody else because he's highly intellectual. We get it, Aaron. You can stop rubbing it in our faces, okay? You're so gifted intellectually. We get it. Big brain. I don't know how that brain fits in Aaron Rodgers' head, folks, okay? It's got to be spilling out. I think Aaron Rodgers has extra brain. He's got extra brain, folks. He's got so much brain in him that he can't carry around all the brain. So he leaves a little brain at home sometimes. He's like, all right, I don't need this part of the brain today, so I'm going to leave this at home. I'll come back for it later. But I'm going out on the town tonight, and I can't be having brain leaking from me. So I'll take a couple of brain here, put it in this jar, leave it at home. All right, this is enough brain I can carry. So much brain. He's got brain out. Aaron Rodgers got so much brain. How much brain does he have? Aaron Rodgers has so much brain, he's got brain at home. <laughs> okay, folks, that's the big brain Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron's getting all the attention like he wanted. Everybody's talking about him. Everybody was watching, including myself, tuned in to the Pat McAfee show live yesterday to hear what he had to say. And at the end of the day, it was always what he had to say, which is nothing of substance. And that is Aaron Rodgers. Nothing of substance. So... I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. That's all I can say on Aaron Rodgers. I'm done with the man. I've got no problem with y'all loving Aaron Rodgers. Y'all can continue to do that. I love watching y'all what you say and all that. I've got no problem with that, but we will not be falling for the classic Aaron Rodgers trap over here. Win another ring, get to another ring, and then we can talk. That's all, folks. And once again, I don't not, I'm not like uh, knocking Aaron Rodgers just for the hell of it or anything like that. He wins another ring, gets to another Super Bowl. I would gladly talk about Aaron Rodgers in a higher light. This is what we want. We want greatness. That's why we're so hard on Aaron Rodgers. We're not hard on Aaron Rodgers for no reason. The man's got one ring. You know how absurd that is? Blasphemous that Aaron Rodgers has one ring? Uh, there's no excuse if Tom Brady can have seven, if Eli Manning can have two. Eli Manning has two rings. Because he made the, he attempted the big throws, those tough throws on the sideline, helmet catch. I mean, he put the ball in the right place at the right time at the biggest point in a game. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. So yes, Eli Manning's got two rings. That's why we're so hard on Aaron Rodgers. Peyton Manning has two rings. That's why we're so hard on Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes has already been to two Super Bowls. Russell Wilson has already been to two Super Bowls. That's why we're hard on Aaron Rodgers. We're not hard on him for no reason, folks. If you... <coughs> If y'all classify a quarterback as the grace of all time, then we must treat them and hold them to that highest of high standard of greatest of all time. Y'all just throw around grace of all time willy-nilly. I can't do that over here, folks. If you're telling me something's the greatest of all time, it transcends time. 
I can't just go, oh, he's got one ring. Wow, that's so impressive. Given everything else that has happened in time in the NFL, I can't give it to Aaron Rodgers, folks. That's why we're so hard on him, okay? Because we've got so many other great quarterbacks that have gotten to 20 times more rings in Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers has. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot put Aaron Rodgers in the conversation of greatest of all time by only being to one Super Bowl. I cannot, I will not. And until he gets to another Super Bowl, he will never be considered as the greatest of all time. And currently, he sits at number three. Currently, Aaron Rodgers is the third greatest of all time in my book. Tom Brady won, Drew Brees two, Aaron Rodgers number three. So, that's that. That is that. So, Aaron Rodgers, give us your decision. Don't give us your decision. I don't care anymore. Play your game. I'm not playing it anymore. Aaron Rodgers, do whatever the hell you do. Stay in Green Bay. Don't win another ring. Go 13-3 and again. Lose in the NFC Championship game because what would be the excuse this time? We've already used special teams. Um, what do we blame this time? The the weather? <laughs> it's, too, it's too cold now in Green Bay? Is that what it's going to be? It's too cold in Lambeau Field now? Hey, there's too much snow or not enough snow? It's going to be something like that. It's just not enough snow in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers to be good now. I guess that's going to be the new narrative, so... Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I just don't even know anymore. Congrats on giving everybody gratitude. You really found yourself. Congratulations, Aaron Rodgers, transcending everybody else mentally, physically, emotionally, intellectually. Um, he, he just transcends everybody. Aaron Rodgers is the highest gifted intellectual person in the world. There it is. Congratulations on your back-to-back -back MVP. Congratulations on your back-to-back -back MVPs, Aaron Rodgers. Um, the, the only award that you have more than one of. Congratulations. So that's Aaron Rodgers, folks. Mm, we'll see. Do they keep him? I don't care anymore. Keep him. Don't. I don't. I, I, I would not keep Aaron Rodgers anymore. I'm done playing his game. I'm done chasing him. I'm done stepping on eggshells, tiptoeing around eggshells, talking about the man. I'm done. I'm letting him go. If you're not going to be the leader, he's not even a leader, folks. He's not an in-game, in on-field leader. He says he's a leader. He does all this leadership talk, the holy gratitude, gratifying everybody after the season, after the fact, always after the fact but when he's on the field we don't get him doing any of this no no we don't so done with Aaron Rodgers not the leader I need not the uh personality I want in my locker room I am done I am done I am done with Aaron Rodgers that's all there is to it so we'll see what happens but uh I'm not holding my breath here Whew. all right <clears throat> that's a great way to start the show yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Next story up here, and we get Brian Flores back in the news here with his ongoing litigation. But now he's, you know, we talked about him with the Steelers. We love that position for him. We think he's definitely going to have great success there. The Steelers team really needs to kind of keep that defense good. And the Steelers defense has been really solid over these last two seasons. You bring in this great defense in mind in Brian Flores that can elevate this defense even more. Yeah, so the Steelers we know are going to be truly reliant on their defense this season. They still need the quarterback, and that's truly going to be what brings this team together 100%. 
We'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Let's focus here on Brian Flores because he just had his interview with Brian Gumble of HBO's Real Sports. This aired on Tuesday. And uh, once again, Brian Flores is doubling down on the fact that, you know, he was offered $100,000 to lose games. And then the new nugget of information that really came out during this interview was that Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores to sign an NDA at the end. Brian Flores refused to sign it, and now that's why he's speaking up. And once again, we got to respect Brian Flores here. You know, that's why you don't hear about anything. You know how everybody, you know, uh, you know, conspiracy theorists, you know, how sometimes they're right and how, you know, everybody, the classic knock is, well, where's the proof? Where's the proof? Where are the people saying this? Where are the people saying this? Well, they can't say it because they all signed NDAs. They took the money. They signed the NDA. And that's fine. You know, you give me some money not to say anything. My, uh, I'm going to be tested at that moment. I'm not going to lie. And I think we would all be tested. Do we do the right thing and kind of speak against injustice? Or do we take this money? Uh, it's not my problem. And, you know, right off into the sunset, keep my mouth shut. It'd be tough, especially when you be counting those zeros on that NDA check. I can guarantee it. So... I honestly can tell you I don't know what I would do in that situation, but I mean we got to give Brian Flores so much credit for sticking to his guns and I've got no problem with people sticking up and talking for themselves and speaking out against injustice even though uh, they know it's going to kind of cost them their career or reputation or anything like that. So big time respect, credit definitely needs to go out to Brian Flores for taking on the beast of the NFL. That is not... Uh, very easy to do. Colin Kaepernick did it. And what did Colin Kaepernick do? He ended up signing an NDA and getting paid. So, yeah, you know, yes, Colin, Kaeper Ka Colin Kaepernick is speaking out against the NFL. But now it loses a little muster because he did sign that NDA. He can't really talk about it anymore. So, Brian Flores didn't do that. So, that's real great by the man. I got to honor that. I got to definitely respect that. So, uh, offer the well. Let's just read this article. We'll get a little bit more uh, clarification here. But here we go. <clears throat> In his dismissal by the Miami Dolphins last month, Coach Brian Flores declined to sign a separation agreement presented by team owner Stephen Ross, Flores told Brian Gumbel of HBO's Real Sports. Flores says, quote, Just signing that separation agreement would have really silenced me. That is it. You sign that, you cannot speak out. And if you do speak out, they take you for everything you have, your livelihood, you're done. If you sign an NDA and then talk about it, you're done, you're done, you're done. You're going to get discredited. You will have all your money revoked. They will sue the hell out of you, and you are done. You will have no voice. You will have no um, kind of – you will have no – uh, I'm blanking on the word. Uh, you'll have no kind of ground to stand on for your lawsuit and all that because every you'll just be lawyered. You'll be sued into oblivion. You will not be heard from again, honestly. So <clears throat> that's why we don't hear from everything. Everybody signs an NDA. I mean, I don't even want to bring this up, but um, I'm going to. Uh, you know, the whole Prince Andrew thing with that whole thing. I won't get into that. I, if you all know what I'm talking about, Prince Andrew just settled the lawsuit by having Having one of the potential uh, victims sign an NDA. So, yeah, she was speaking out. They were going through lawsuits. She was saying she was going to sue and all that. And then she signs the NDA and it will go into oblivion and we'll never hear from it again. So, if you sign the NDA, are you really that much for injustice? 
speaking out against injustice, uh, it's questionable at that point. So once again, Brian Flores, folks, challenging the NFL and not signing that NDA that needs to be truly kind of respected, folks. That needs to be respected. I mean, you know, given the entire, once again, I'm not going to get into specifics, but given what's going on in this world, I mean, you know, people speaking out and speaking up, that's what we need right now more than anything. Not more people signing NDAs, getting money, and then letting the injustices continue, yes? So, Brian Flores, very well done here. Very well done. So, didn't sign the NDA. Fantastic. And then we get this here. By not signing the separation agreement, Flores left millions of dollars on the table. But not signing also granted him the freedom to talk about his treatment in Miami. And once again, everybody, yes, money is everything. Money is everything. Uh, money can buy happiness. Stop letting people say that to you, of course. Money is everything. Cash rules everything around me. Cream. We, yes, folks. Money. Money is everything. So people not taking the money and speaking out. Once again, respect, big time respect. So, uh, one of the co uh, one of the lawyers for Brian Flores says, "Quote this." Uh, quote, to coach, to coach Flores' credit, he wasn't going to sign that because he wanted, it wasn't about the money. If it was about the money, he would have signed it. What he did instead was he filed this lawsuit so that he could help other coaches now and in the future. Once again, it would have been real easy. Oh, <laughs> you're bringing up. You're going to pay me millions just to keep my mouth shut? <laughs> yeah, Maz, where do I sign? I'll sign twice. You need two signatures. Here's a signature, and here's a backup just in case something happens. You lose something, some technical error, some kind of um, uh, uh, chain of custody error goes wrong. Here's an extra one. You want a backup of the backup? I'll sign, I'll sign three right now. How many do I got to sign? Is there a bonus? If I sign four, do I get some more money? Oh, there's not? Uh, you want to change that? No? Okay. Well, here's four signatures of mine. Put them. Here's four blank signatures of mine. You can stick them wherever you want. Anything I would I would sign. Here's four of my signatures. Go wild with them. Where's my money? It's going to be in the count now. All right, here's an extra fifth. Here's a fifth signature. You can do whatever you want with because that money's direct deposited. I'm checking the app right now. Yes, sir. Those yep, it's cleared. Here's a six extra signature. Do whatever you want. So, Brian Flores, big time respect there. Not signing the NDA. Also, we get this right here by his lawyer saying, quote, if a coach is terminated with a couple of years or a year left on their contract, they don't get paid unless they sign a waiver, an NDA, confidentiality, and non-disparagement agreement. So they buy their silence, buy their silence, buy their silence. That is, that is like we have to all start kind of realizing that's the world that we live in. There's people buying silence out there it's not that there's any information um you know you know once again you know with you know there's a lot of thought out there you know you can call them conspiracy theories i don't care what you call them i don't like to call them that it's a negative connotation but whatever you want to call it you know it's not that there's no proof to those kind of theories it's that everybody has been bought and it's not that hard to buy anybody folks it's really not think about how much money you would take to be silent when that check is in front of you and it's a lot smaller than you're probably giving yourself credit for honestly 
Um, so, hey, Brian Flores, there needs to be respect, folks. And once again, Brian Flores' name is getting dragged through the mud by the NFL because now we get this statement again here, which is just, ap- this is what I'm talking about, charge language, and the NFL already admitting to that there was evidence about all this. So this is now the new statement by the Miami Dolphins on Brian Flores. Listen to the language, folks. Watch out for the language here. Are y'all ready for this? Because it's absolutely ridiculous that they said it in this way. Here it is. Quote here by the Miami Dolphins says, quote, this latest assertion, this latest assertion by Brian Flores that Stephen Ross mentioned in NDA to him is categorically false. Categorically false. Not just false, it's categorically false. This just did not happen. And we simply cannot understand why Brian continues this pattern of making unfounded statements that he knows that are untrue. Bruh, that he knows that are untrue. Bruh, um, Roger Goodell, after the first time this story came out, said it was categorically false. And then what happened the next day later? He sent out a memo to everybody saying, hey, can't we all do a little bit better? I know we've been actively with this kind of racism problem at the head coaching and general managership and owner level. But can't we all just do a little bit better? Is that not, you know, kind of speaking to the claims that Brian Flores has already made, but you already called those false? So what are you doing? Once again, the language these people use is so insane, folks, that they know they're wrong and they still say, no, you're wrong, I'm wrong, you're wrong, and you're so wrong that it's so much wronger than what you're accusing us of being wrong, it's not really wrong, but you're wrong, I'm wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're so freaking wrong, oh my god, you're much wronger than I am, I'm wrong, you're calling me, I'm wrong, you, sir, are wrong. You are wrong. It's just like we we point this wrong finger once again. Nobody ever takes accountability or responsibility for their actions um, at all. So once again, how can we move forward? Honestly, how could we advance and uh, yeah, advance as a civilization, as a society, as just a species? We're 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 nothing in the grand scheme of things, and we want to try to be everything, but we're literally nothing in the grand scheme of things. We have so much to learn and grow. Literally everything technology-wise, humanity-wise, we have so much we can do, and we can't do that. We can't strive for greatness because of two things. Nobody can admit that they're wrong. These statements are categorically false. We don't understand why Brian Flores continues this pattern of making unfounded statements that he knows are untrue. That is reason one why we cannot progress as a society, as a people, as a species, and all of that. Reason number two, we said it earlier, people buy people's silence. Those are the two reasons why we will never move forward as a society and innovate and get better. Those are the two reasons. Nobody can admit when they've done wrong and um, no, and people are buying silence. Money, money is everything. Buying silence. Throw money in there too. Money, buying silence, and nobody can admit when they're wrong. It's just ridiculous, folks. It's so freaking ridiculous. I can't, I honestly can't say how as ridiculous it is on camera. You want to come to the studio, we'll have a talk. I've got no problem with that. Anybody can come down to the studio. It's an open door. Just have to find it.
Well, please don't search too hard because <laughs> I'm sure y'all can do that. Um, but uh, yeah. Man, oh man. It's just, uh, what are we doing out here, folks? And it's not categorically false because we have it right here. We've got it. We've got the information in our hands because his lawyer, Brian Flores' lawyer, tweets this out in response to the Dolphins calling Brian Flores' assertion of an NDA, quote-unquote, categorically false. And that's what I'm saying, folks. They're doubling down. They're not just saying it's false. They're doubling down. This is categorically false. And we don't, oh my God, poor for us dolphins were getting attacked and slandered over misinformation and that's such a <laughs> ah, the fact that misinformation that the that people are using the words misinformation and disinformation folks stop buying into that that absolutely means nothing that's such a buzzword i can't even get over it and i i cringe every time i hear somebody ever say those words do not ever say those words to me folks honestly do not ever say misinformation or disinformation to me i may go wild <clears throat> But, um, yeah, so uh, they're not just saying that this is wrong. They're doubling down categorically false, categorically false. We don't understand why Brian Flores is doing this to us, the Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins. What have we ever done anything wrong? What have we done everything wrong? We don't understand why Brian Flores is attacking us like this and making up all this untrue uh, untrue rumors these are so false and it's hurting us and uh, uh, calling us and oh my god it's just like what what we've got the proof what are y'all talking about so here we go the tweet by the lawyer in response to the dolphins calling brian flores's assertion of an nda categorically false below are screenshots from the draft agreement in payment termination notice if Brian Flores had signed this, he would have been gagged and unable to talk about his experience. And then we've got uh, some... We've got the screenshots here. Let's just quickly read. Once again, the terminology, how they, how they word things. These are official. Here it is. It's right at the bottom. of the, It's a footer right here. Nice little footer. Flores separation agreement, 127.22. Uh, point number nine, non-disparagement. Employees agree not to make any disparaging or untruthful remarks regarding MDL, which is uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, I don't know what the L stands for. It is on the next one. But uh, regarding MDL or any of the releases which are or could reasonably be interpreted to be of a negative or critical nature including but not limited to statements or omissions regarding MDL's business practices, professionalism, events, events in the workplace, and or employees' separation from employment. Specifically, employees shall not engage in any type of communication, electronic, written, or verbal, with third parties that directly or indirectly disparage or injures MDL or any of the releases or assists others in doing so nor shall employee engage in or assist others in negative activities of any kind with respect to mdl or any of the releases including in the commercial marketplace financial marketplace broadcast media including print television radio or and internet social networking sites or otherwise unless compelled to do so by the force of law 
Employee acknowledges that any actual or threatened violation of employees' obligations pursuant to this paragraph may be a basis for immediate injunctive relief. So there it is, folks. He cannot release. If he did sign this, he cannot make any disparaging or untruthful remarks. So disparaging or untruthful. He can't make anything up or just speak negatively. And uh, yeah, I would say that uh, being paid $100,000 by the team owner would be a little disparaging, no? So yeah, he would not be able to talk at all if he signed this, folks. And he did not, so he loses money. <coughs> By not signing this, he can't kind of get the rest of his contract because he did not sign this. Which, once again, big respect, big credit to Brian Flores. Money on the line and the man did not sign it. That needs to be truly respected. And we all, as kind of a people, wanting justice. Everybody says they want justice and then we get the actions. Once again, actions speak louder than words, folks. It's like... Like, it's just so crazy. Y'all have these things that y'all live by and that you speak every single day, the buzzwords, all that every single day, and then y'all don't follow them and wonder why change doesn't come. There it is. NBA, NDA's being bought for your silence. There it is. That's why nothing ever changes. So the, the fact that Brian Flores is taking a big stand like this, it needs to be respected, and we all honestly should be thriving and striving to be as... As brave? I don't want to use that word. I want something more. Ooh, I want more of a punch. More brave. More. Um, hey, it's coming to me, folks. More. More. We need more. Uh, it's uh, more character. Better character. We should all be striving for Brian Flores' bravery. Character. There's, hang on, it's still coming to me, folks. Bravery, character. Um, there's one word, it's on the tip of my tongue, and it is truly killing me that I cannot get it out because it is truly the word that I truly want to use so freaking truly, folks. Um, integrity, there it is. We should all be striving for Brian Flores' bravery, character, and integrity, folks. We should all be striving for this, okay? Damn, damn absolutely crazy that once again the Dolphins the NFL everybody involved is just saying that this man lies 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 you're calling us a liar you're the liar and it's just this back and forth we'll never get anywhere nothing will ever change and we're back from square one next year when the same thing exactly happens and we do this all over again speak up speak out if you truly believe in injustice stand up for what you believe in have that integrity, and hopefully we can, uh, you know, make the world a better place. So, and keep striving to continually getting better as a people, a society. Uh, literally, that's it. <laughs> that's just it. That's it, folks. Can we all just be better? <laughs> can we all just truly stand up for what we believe in? Yes. Admit that we're wrong, not let money dictate every, every second of our lives. And I know it's truly hard to do that because that's what the world is, money. I get it, folks. It's hard, but if you truly want to kind of practice what you preach, do what Brian Flores is doing. Big time credit, big time respect. Shout out to Brian Flores for, you know, standing up for what he believes in. Whether he's right or he's wrong, he's standing up for what he believes in, folks.
He's standing up for what he believes in, and that I can't knock that at all. Whether I agree or disagree, I don't disagree. But um, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter whether I agree or disagree. The fact that people stand up for what they believe in and will do whatever it takes to stand up for what they believe in, I don't care if I agree or disagree. I respect the hell out of that. I just had a conversation with my friend literally two days ago about the same subject, standing up for what you believe in. I was giving him multiple examples, and I don't even want to bring up any examples here because I'm not going to get into that. That's not what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a, talk, a sports talk show. This is sports. We'll leave it to the sports. But, you know, there, there's a highly debated issue that's been going on for literally of all time. And, uh, you know, I don't respect how these people kind of protest. Or, no, I, I don't agree with the messaging that they are sending uh, while protesting. But I give them credit for organizing, for protesting, for having action, for going out there almost every single day, regardless of the weather, in protesting. I've got no problem with that if people... Uh, because action is everything, folks. People do not take action. We know this. People do not take action. So if you take action, if you feel so strongly enough that you are taking action yourself, I respect the hell out of it. I respect the hell out of it. That's all I can say. So um, that's Brian Flores, folks. We'll see. Well, obviously, no more. I mean, this is not going to go away. Once again, the Dolphins are digging in their heels. Brian Flores is going on with the lawsuit and all that. So they both believe that they're right. And we'll see which one is truly right with more information being kind of given almost every single day or a weekly basis or whatever it is. But this is not being swept under the rug. This does not seem to be going away quietly, which is great. I want to know everything. So we'll see what information does get out. Who's right? Who's wrong? Talking all through it. With every piece of information that we get, like we just did here. So we'll continue to talk about it as we get more information. But that is where we are right now. <clears throat> Dolphins offered an NDA. Um, seemed to be a little bit just because of the how you go about it. He was fired. So, yeah, you know, you're offered to sign the NDA. He did not sign it. So he is kind of free to say whatever he wants. And this is what he's saying. So we'll see how it continues to progress. But there, that is where we are at the current moment with the Brian Flores lawsuit. All righty, here we go. Next story up here. Still going with the NFL, folks. Uh, a couple more stories to go. Man, oh, man, we spent 50, 50 minutes on the first two stories. Man, oh, man. All right, no problem with that. No problem. All right, I just want to go over this quickly. Don't want to spend too much time on this. We do have to get to the NBA. Uh, Got to finish that up before uh, <clears throat> tomorrow's show a little bit. Could go into tomorrow's show a little bit, but we'll try not to do that. But here we go. Uh, the Steelers, they know they got to get a quarterback, and that's exactly what we get right here. Uh, Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert saying, quote, we know we're going to add to quarterback position this offseason, and that's exactly what you have to do. Mason Rudolph is not it. Dwayne Haskins is not it. They cannot win games. They're not even, like, starting quarterbacks in this league. Uh, so, yeah, they got to go out and get a quarterback. Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, no, no, no. And then we get this. I don't love, I don't love this. They still want to believe in Dwayne Haskins and, you know, Mason Rudolph. And once again, okay, that's fine. They're on your roster. You're not going to talk actively talk bad about them. I get it. Uh, but uh, I don't want their kind of uh, false, <laughs> their kind of fake news, their own kind of, uh, their own kind of like um, believing your own lies of like, hey, yeah. like when you ask, you know, Kevin Colbert, do you believe in Mason Rudolph? Do you believe in Dwayne Haskins? Like, of course, you're going to say yes. You're not going to actively badmouth the players on your team currently. So I just don't want the Steelers general manager or the Steelers team to start believing their own lies. That's fine to say that out in public. Yes, you know, there are quarterbacks. Absolutely. We believe in them. But internally, you can all you always have to re, you know, remind yourself what the 
truth is, yeah, these two quarterbacks are really trash, really not good at all. Don't believe your own lies. You know, you repeat them enough, you'll start to believe them. Hopefully they don't do that because if we get a starting Dwayne Haskins or a starting Mason Rudolph for the Steelers team, doesn't matter how great Brian Flores is for the Steelers defense. The team's going to be trash because you need a quarterback. But we get this by uh, Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert. He says the team plans to tender quarterback Dwayne Haskins saying, quote, maybe he evolves into a starter. None of us none of us know at this point. No, we do. We do. He's not a starter. We've seen him in Washington. We've already seen him with the Steelers. We saw no growth. We saw zero growth from his Washington days to here to the Steelers. Multiple opportunities to win the starting job. I mean, you had to beat out Alex Smith and you had to beat out Taylor Heineke, the fact that you can't beat out them coming back from uh, almost losing a leg, you couldn't beat out that man, you couldn't beat out Taylor Heineke, uh, I mean, what are we doing? So, it's not even like beating them out, it's just like, uh, just being as good as them, he wasn't even as good as them, so, it's no disrespect to Dwayne Haskins, but you're not a starting quarterback in the NFL, it's hard to do that, it's an exclusive club, not everybody can do that, it's unfortunate, but that's the case, Brian, um, uh, Dwayne Haskins, may be a great guy. I'm not knocking. And that's what we talk about here on the show. Folks, we're talking about the highest level of sports because I knock somebody and call them trash at the NFL standard. That's not a knock on them. Yes, they're better than me at football. They're more athletic than I am. They're richer than I am. I get it. I'm not saying they're not, folks. But in the realm of talking sports and comparing great quarterbacks to other quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins is not it. <laughs> He's not it. He can't play as well as starting quarterbacks can play in the NFL. He is not good enough to win games in this league. That's not a knock on the person. That's just what it is. It's unfortunate. He he can always get better. Hasn't proven that yet, but he can always get better, obviously. But right now, the man is not it. So, yeah, stop with the Dwayne Haskins. Stop with the Mason Rudolph. We'll see what the Steelers do. They'll still keep both of these quarterbacks on the roster, it seems. But um, they, they've got no chance to win a starting job. So, whichever quarterback they bring in, free agency, draft, that's probably going to be the day one starter. So, We'll keep an eye on the Steelers as they progress through this offseason, but uh, the, the quarterback position, that's what needs to get it figured out. They cannot go into the season with the quarterbacks currently on the roster. They will not win any games, regardless of how great that defense is. Alrighty, then here we go. Speaking about quarterbacks and potentially the Steelers, I I could definitely I, I would champion this. I would love this because we get this. The athletic, the athletic predicts the San Francisco 49ers trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Steelers by the end of the month. By the end of this month, folks, we got what? Seven more days. One, two, three, four, five. Folks, there's only 28 days in February, baby. Five more days left to the end of this month, and the athletic is predicting Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna be traded. Um, we obviously know the Niners want to trade him. Jimmy Garoppolo wants to be traded. He wants to go to a contender. The 49ers are agreeing. Okay, we will do our best to get you to a contender. The Steelers are definitely in contender status. They are truly just a quarterback plug-and-play away. The Steelers are a quarterback plug-and-play away. The Colts are a quarterback plug-and-play away from making big old waves in the AFC. <clears throat> For playoffs and potential championships. So expect Jimmy Garoppolo to go somewhere good. The Steelers are good. We'll see what the compensation could be, would be for Jimmy G. And since they said it's uh, by the end of the month that they're predicting this, let's see. Uh, let's see. Is it breaking right now? Is it breaking right now? Is Jimmy Garoppolo traded right now? Let's quickly see. Oh, we can get another top 10 here. Love this. Ooh, top 10 plays of, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> 
We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but, um, yeah, not yet traded. All right. So, by the end of the month, next five days, just not quite right now. So, we'll see. We'll hold the Athletic to that. If the Athletic predicts it and they're wrong, we'll never trust the Athletic again. You understand me? <laughs> so, five more days. TikTok, uh, Athletic. We will never buy into or subscribe to your news organization again. <laughs> All right, and then here we go. We got Stefan Diggs, and he's recruiting, folks. He's recruiting. He posts on Twitter today. Or no, this was yesterday on the big old Tuesday. Two, 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 everywhere. Um, quote, Stefan Diggs on Twitter says, who's going where this offseason? Let me put my recruiting hat on. So Stefan Diggs doesn't want to go anywhere, but he wants to recruit people, bring people in, uh, try to get the bills over the hump. We are still trying to get to our NFL final thoughts in every single team. And for the Bills, I mean, the final thoughts is they're Super Bowl contenders. I mean, that's it. There's really nothing else to say about the Bills. They're Super Bowl contenders. Maybe just need one more piece to really put them over the edge. Maybe get an elite running back to push them over the edge. You bring Derrick Henry to this Bills team, um, the, the Bills win five Super Bowls in a row, folks. So we'll see, is it going to be an extra receiver that gets it done? Is it going to be another running back that truly pushes them over the edge? Uh, we know they lost Brian Dable, so do they take a step back on that? But overall, the roster is in place, folks. The talent is in place to win a ring. So Stephon Diggs wanting to bring in one more receiver. Let's quickly see what we've got. Unrestricted free agents this season coming up, folks. We've got Allen Robinson, who would be a good fit. Um, this, uh, I would say if the Bills are going to bring in another receiver probably have to get just like a 6263 big tall receiver that can win the one-on-one -on -one matchups they don't have the like they got Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs is great. I'm not knocking Stephon Diggs by saying this, but, uh, you know, more of a slot speed guy. Let's get a, you know, one-on-one -on -one matchup that can go deep for Josh Allen's big arm. You've already got Cole Beasley, you know, a little bit of a slot guy, all that, slants, quick routes, all of that. They don't have that big shot downfield. They thought it was going to be Emmanuel Sanders to be that man, but he was never as consistent as kind of I think we were all hoping it would be for this Bills team so yeah Allen Robinson's good is he that kind of deep shot down the field guy I don't know we got Chris Godwin that could be solid Devontae Adams obviously but you know he's kind of tied up with the Packers at the moment because Aaron Rodgers is still giving us no indication on what he's doing uh, we get Will Fuller that I would not uh, spend any money on. He was not available literally all year this season for the Dolphins. Uh, you get Jamison Grouter, T.Y. Hilton would be fantastic for the Bills. Would love that. You get Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Green. He was big-time disappointing in Arizona. I don't bring him to the Bills. Uh, Keelan Cole, Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams. That would be definitely interesting. You bring Mike Williams? Wow, wow, wow. That would be really interesting. <clears throat> I don't see him leaving the Chargers, though, though it would be interesting. Um, so yeah, you got Deshaun Jackson, that would be interesting, OBJ, he's already saying he's coming back to the Rams, taking a pay cut, so I doubt he's able to kind of be convinced to go to Buffalo, but I mean, you bring in 
Mike Williams, yeah, now we're kind of talking a little bit. So Mike Williams, if you can get Devontae Adams, that'd be very, very great as well. Don't see Devontae Adams happening. But if Stephon Diggs is recruiting, Stephon Diggs with Mike Williams, yeah, yeah, I think I love that. So we'll see what the Bills do for another kind of piece to set the team over the edge. But Stephon Diggs is going to be doing his all to bring somebody to Buffalo. Let's see who they bring. Um, and then this, you may also be able to bring in Brandon Cooks because we get this. And once again, uh, Lovey Smith saying, hey, why not us to make that Bengals-like leap? <laughs> this is why. Because the Houston Texans are expected to move on from Brandon Cook and Laramie Tunsil. Um, well, those were your two best offensive players. Brandon Cooks was your best offensive receiver. The man, Brandon Cooks, folks. The only good receiver on that Texans team that was really trash all year. Uh, not trash, not good. They were not good all year long was Brandon Cooks. The man still had 1,000 receiving yards with six touchdowns, even though that the every team that they faced defensively knew that he was their only good player the only one going to be kind of targeted, the only one catching the ball, and he still has 67% catch percentage, 1,000 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. That's production when everybody assumes and expects you to get production. That's big-time credit and respect right there to Brandon Cooks. So that's why, Lovey Smith, you've got no receivers now. You went all in for Laramie Tunsil a few years back with the Dolphins, and uh, he was your best offensive lineman, and now he's gone as well. That's just two, two reasons. And once again, the list is long. It's an endless list. It's Santa Santa Claus's list on how endless it is of why the Houston Texans will not be making the Bengals-like jump from four wins to Super Bowl participant. Lovey. Smith, you're not that guy. You're not that guy. That's what it is. You're not that team. You're not that guy. So Brandon Cooks potentially up for grabs. Once again, that'd be good with Buffalo as well. And Larry Tunsil, another offensive lineman uh, on the market potentially. So we'll see how all that plays out. And then, uh, actually, we will save this for later. So, I forgot all about this. And this was something that we loved. I loved it. I don't know if y'all loved it. I hope y'all loved it. Uh, this is something that we did last season, off season. But the NFL almost releasing, like, a top 10 on a daily basis by all the teams, players, and all that. And they've already been doing it. So, we've been liking them to talk about on the show. Haven't had any time to bring them up, and we are late today, so we will save this for uh, another rainy day. Uh, But we got a top 10 plays from the Super Bowl champions, Rams. We've got a top 10 plays in the bank as well from Joe Burrow, and they just tweeted out today the top 10 plays by the Arizona Cardinals. So we've got some top 10 plays on deck. This will definitely help us on our final thoughts that we want to still continue to write down. Once again, those will be coming. Um, once uh, Thursday ends, we got something spe- a little special planned for tomorrow's show. Um, but um, from Thursday onward, we'll be able to kind of have a little bit more time freed up in the show because we'll have the NBA season on and all that. So we don't have to, uh, uh, you know, do, uh, you know, uh, we'll have time. In the, that's the overall thing. <laughs> no, we'll have time in the show to write our final thoughts down on the NFL after Thursday show. So be on the lookout for that, folks. 
Alrighty, that is all the NFL we had to go over for today. So now let's shift gears to the NBA, where once again, this is the last day of the NBA All-Star break. Games resume tomorrow, folks. Sheesh, thank goodness. Oh, cannot wait for the basketball to get back. And it's the end of the season, back end of the season, which makes the NBA even better First half of the season in the NBA, it's good. It's good. It's it's there. It's good. Uh, but that back end, when it's really the only sport on now, yeah, that's when we really see the best teams. The load management goes down. The competition increases. All that. So this is what we love in the NBA, the back end. So that tips off tomorrow. We're doing a little bit uh, something special for tomorrow's show. Do I want to spoil it? Do I dare spoil it? Nah, we're not going to spoil it. We'll save it for tomorrow. But it's going to be a fun gambling show. Wink! There's your spoiler. It's going to be a gambling show. Wink! Tomorrow, how much gambling do we get? That'll be the surprise. But it's going to be a gambling show tomorrow. Okay, folks? If you're interested in that, definitely tune back into tomorrow. Because uh, that's all we'll be doing. Wink! There it is. That's all the leaks that we're giving you for tomorrow's show. Alrighty, but the final thing that we have to do uh, during this all-star break, we already did uh, the top 10, we got our power rankings down, now the next thing to do is walk through the playoffs as if they have already ended. If the regular season has ended at the halfway mark, who do we crown as NBA champion? So, we're going to walk through the playing tournament, the first round, second round, third round, finals to determine who we believe at the midway point of the season is the best team in the league and will win it all if everything continues to go the way uh, from the first half of the season into the back end. So, um, how we have to do this, folks. First, we have to get the play-in tournament out of the way so we can have our top eight. Now, we already have the brackets made up here. Uh, you know, we, we are on top of it. We've got the East and the West bracket, but we only have the top six teams. So we have to find the last two to get in. So let's walk through the playing tournaments and then we can get into how the actual playoffs will play out. So playing tournament returning this season. I love it. Love the playing tournament. Um, you know, extending the field to two more teams, uh, kind of stops the uh, tanking prod process, even though the Knicks are still actively tanking, um, you know, riddle us that teams will still find a way to tank. Knicks are that trash. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, since like last season, it was great. Loved it last season. Uh, the playing tournament, it's the seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th seed the 7th and 8th seed play each other winner guaranteed that 7th spot the loser plays the winner of the 9th and 10th seed game the winner of the loser of the 7-8 game in uh, the 9-10 winner the winner of those two get the 8th and final spot so if you're the 7th or 8th seed you got 2 chances to claim a spot if you're the 9th and 10th seed you are win or go home so, let's start here in the Eastern Conference. The 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th seed are 7th seed Raptors, 8th seed Nets, 9th seed Hornets, and the 10th seeded Hawks. So, first matchup here in the Eastern Conference to play is the 7th seed Raptors and the 8th seed Nets. Now, now, this is actually good for the Nets because they would not be at home for this game. So, Kyrie Irving 
missing in the play-in tournament game, it would be Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons. Now, when we walk through these games and these matchups and these series in the playoffs, we are going to be assuming they will be at kind of full strength. So we know Kevin Durant's going to be coming back this season, so we expect him to play. We know Ben Simmons is going to be playing this season. And we know Kyrie Irving can play the road games. Now, we are still going to be assuming Kyrie Irving can't play home games. So we will take that into consideration when we are walking through the playoffs. But the Nets should not be at home for this game because I believe a higher seed has home court advantage. I do believe that is the case. So the Raptors would be at home. The Nets would be on the road. They'd have their big three of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons. Now, I don't love that. I don't think that's going to work well. I don't, I'm not giving Ben Simmons that much credit. I know he's great, but there's no leadership on this Nets team. Kevin Durant is not a leader on the floor. Kyrie Irving is not a leader on the floor. Ben Simmons is not a leader on the floor. James Harden was the Nets leader, and I don't understand why James Harden is getting kind of like the 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 short end on the, the short end of the stick in the media, getting knocked in the media, saying that the James Harden has the most to prove in the trade between the 76ers and the Nets. That the 76ers lost the trade. That James Harden needs to prove himself over Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons hasn't played all year, folks. He's going to be rusty. And a rusty Ben Simmons, yikes. We know what a ben, uh, healthy, good Ben Simmons can do. Everything but shoot. So a rusty Ben Simmons ugh, with the no leadership on that team. Kevin Durant's not a leader. He's a great player on the floor. I've got no problem saying that. One of the best in the league. One of the best in history. Absolutely. Uh, hit over LeBron in the finals. One of the biggest shots I've ever seen in my life. And it's absolutely crazy how effortless he made it look. So, yes, Kevin Durant is great. Kyrie Irving is great. They're not leaders. There's no leadership here with the Nets where the Raptors... Uh, one through five leaders, coach leader, Steven, Steve Nash is not a leader. Do not tell me Steve Nash is a leader out on that uh, coaching floor for the Nets. No, no, no. He's not even making the decisions overall, okay? Steve Nash says we're not trading James Harden. What happened? They traded, they traded James Harden. Steve Nash is not making any decisions there in Brooklyn. Stop that. So, zero leadership on the Nets, but they do have that big three that should be able to win a playing tournament game. The Raptors don't have the best bench. The Nets don't have anything good. Uh, well, they did bring in Seth Curry, so they are a little bit deeper uh, from the big three. But other than the big three, this Nets team is absolutely not good at all. They've got no big at all. Andre Drummond is good. LaMarcus Aldridge is good. But are they going to be able to be good throughout the entire uh, playoffs and in the back end of the season? Like we've been saying uh, the last couple of weeks here, really kind of all season long, is, you know, these aging bigs in the league giving us great numbers so far this season. But is it going to last? Is LaMarcus Aldridge going to be able to still get it going? You know, game seven, series number three, is that still going to be rocking? Andre Drummond, is he going to be, um, is he still going to be kind of, you know, not fatigued in that sense. So don't love any of the bigs here by the Nets for long term. I do like the addition of Seth Curry. But uh, overall, it's going to be Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons. They did bring in Goran Dragic as well. That was a new addition as well. That should be solid pickup. So they have kind of expanded their depth a little bit since the trade deadline. Love this Raptors team, but I am going to say the Nets do beat the Raptors here. The talent of Kevin Durant, Kyra Irving, Ben Simmons, it will be able to get it done for kind of a one-and-done game. So I am going to say the Nets do beat the Raptors and get the seventh seed.
And then we go to the Hornets and the Hawks here, ninth and 10th seed. The Hornets, they're not good. They can't close out game. This Hawks team, Trey Young, Clint Capella getting it done. John Collins all getting it done here as of recently. A little bit better in the back end of the first end of the season than they were in the first half of the first end of the season. Uh, so we see this Hawks team getting better. They have the experience. This Hawks team has not gotten any better. I think they've gotten a little worse from last season to this season. The Hornets still don't have the best bigs. Still rocking with Mason Plumlee at the five, who... Uh, mm, mm, he's okay. We do like the Montrez Harrell pickup, but once again, he's only like 6'7". That's not a true big. So the Hornets against Clint Capella, don't love that matchup. LaMelo Ball hasn't gotten any better being a fac uh, facilitator on the floor, still loves to shoot and all that. And we just don't get that consistency by this Hornets team. So I'm going to claim the Hawks beat the Hornets. Then for that final eighth seed, so the Hornets are officially eliminated from the playoffs, and then we get the Raptors versus the Hawks for that final eighth seed eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, and I'm going to give it to the Raptors. Love this Raptors team. Way more consistent. They play the defense. They rock with their starting lineup. The leadership is there. The coaching is there, and I think the Hawks just a little bit too dependent on Trey Young, where... This Raptors team, Fred Van Vliet, if he can't get it done, then it's Gary Trent Jr. If he can't get it done, then it's going to be Pascal Siakam. And if it's not Pascal Siakam, then it'll be rookie Scotty Barnes to get it done. And if that doesn't all get it done... Uh, uh, our man Nick Nurse will go into his bag here and pull a rabbit out of his hat to get it done overall. Where the Hawks, they just are way too reliant on Trey Young. We need Trey Young to go for like 30 plus a game with like 14 assists a game and like seven rebounds. That's what we need by Trey Young almost on a game-by-game game basis if they want a chance to win the game. So, I like this Hawks team. Seems like they've taken a big step back from last season to this season. We'll see how they do in the back end of the season. They can still clean it up and get better, but as of right now, I'm taking the Raptors over the Hawks. And the Raptors get that tenth or that eighth seed. So let's go into our bracket here. Let's fill in the seventh and eighth seed, and then uh, we'll walk through it. We'll do the Eastern Conference, and then we'll do the Western Conference in whole, and then we'll have our two. So now that we've got uh, these last two teams in here, let's put their names on our chart. We get the Nets claiming the seventh seed, and the Raptors claiming the eighth seed. Alrighty, now we've got our bracket set, folks. So let's start the tournament and let's start picking the winners all the way up into the Eastern Conference Finals, getting the Eastern Conference participating in the finals, and then we will do the same thing with the Western Conference. So here we go, the 1-8 matchup, and wow, oh wow, is this going to be good. We get the Heat versus the Raptors, and I would probably say these are the two most doggish teams in the Eastern Conference where they really don't have that number one superstar. You got Jimmy Butler for the Heat. Superstar, you can definitely name him a superstar. I'll give you all credit for that. But they're not deep with superstars. You know, like we say, you need like the big three superstars. You need three superstars on a team to really kind of compete for a ring. 
the Heat have one. They've got Jimmy Butler, if you want to classify him as that. Where the Raptors, they don't really have any. I don't even know if I can give, you know, we were talking, you know, maybe giving Fred Van Vliet, maybe giving Pascal Siakam that superstar status. Whether you do or you don't, I could probably agree with you on any given day. But the overall message is that these are two dog teams, very well coached, best coaches in the league. Eric Spolstra and Nick Nurse, top coaches in the league. They get great production from their starters, and they are able to talk up that bench, those role players, those reserves, they're able to get the best out of them because the coaching, because the coaching is so infectious on the floor that all the starters turn into leaders and that just gets trickled down. It's trickle down leadership, folks, like trickle down economics that doesn't work. Trickle down leadership does actually work here and the Heat or the Raptors are the best two teams at doing so. So, this should be absolutely fantastic. I like this Heat team a lot. We've loved them during that kind of two, three-week stretch. We were calling them dogs, the kennel, all of that. But what happened? The Heat got a little bit, you know, flounderish. You know, when they lost a player, Tyler Hero not coming off the bench, they weren't able to kind of, you know, replace him to the fullest. We get um, Duncan Robinson, who uh, doesn't really kind of, you know, get it done. When everybody else isn't getting it done, it's not like Duncan Robinson is, like, the only one getting it done. When everybody flounders, Duncan Robinson flounders. When everybody's doing good, Duncan Robinson's doing good. So we need Duncan Robinson to kind of be that saving grace superstar if needed. Where this Raptors team, we get Pascal Siakam plugging and playing the one, the two, the three, the four, the five. You can even ask him to come off the bench. I wouldn't, but if you ask Pascal Siakam to come off the bench, I'm sure he'd be like, all right, I don't love it, but I would do anything for the team. So I love the Heat, don't get me wrong, but... At the end, right before the All-Star break, they've left a real bad taste in our mouth where this Raptors team, they started slow. Don't get me wrong. They were not great early on in the season. But what does that speak to? Coaching, getting it all figured out there, learning the rotations, how to win again this season. So I know this is going to be a big upset, but I'm giving it to the Raptors over the heat. I'm going to call it 4-3 Raptors taking the win. And the Raptors, the eighth seed, move on to the next round of the playoffs. And the Heat get bounced first round. Heat bought into their own hype. They bought into the kennel. They they bought into the dog pound. And they got worse. I'm nervous for this Heat team as the back end of the season approaches. But I'm going to give it to the Raptors here, upsetting the Heat. All right, next series up here is the Bucks at the Cavs, the five versus the four seed. Cavs at home uh, for the game seven, if need be. They start at home. Uh, but uh, Cavs, Bucks, matchup number two here, defending champion. We got both these teams having good bigs. The Cavs with Jared Allen love Jared Allen so much. This Cavs team, we cannot give enough credit to this Cavs team, folks. Uh, Darius Garland doing it all himself now that once again I'm blanking on that man's name um, you know they had two point guards getting it done this season Colin Sexton there it is Colin Sexton out for the entire year Darius Garland taking the role the both roles of the one and the two and getting it done on a nightly basis they've got Jared Allen at the five bringing in rookie Evan Mobley ooh rookie of the year candidate shout out to these rookies Scotty Barnes Evan Mobley I mean 
getting great production on playoff caliber teams. When was the last time we've seen this, folks? Multiple rookies getting it done for championship caliber aspirating teams. Raptors, Cavs, shout out to the rookies. Then we get Kevin Love, who's having a resurgence here, bringing Karis LeVert, that extra scoring option needed. C.D. Osman moving in silence like lasagna. I mean, folks, we just uh, talked about it. I mean, the man's averaging double-digit points out here, 10 points a game. I don't think any of y'all would have guessed that, folks, okay? So they're just silently getting it done here. Great defense, great leadership out here on the floor. But, but at the end of the day, it's the Bucks and it's Giannis. That big is just a little bit too beefy overall. <coughs> Excuse me, for this Cavs team to beat in a seven game series. Bringing in Bobby Portis, another great big that they have to defend, especially on the perimeter. Serge Ibaka, another great big that, once again, they have to guard on the perimeter. You get Chris Middleton, who steps up in the playoffs. I don't love... he He's good. Don't get me wrong. He's a great Robin. He's a great Robin here to Giannis's Batman. Absolutely. But in the playoffs, he gets a little bit. Uh, he gets a little bit upgraded. Robert, Robin gets a little bit. Uh, you know, more clout, a little bit more recognition by Batman, being like, "Damn, okay, you, 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 you can step up to uh, from sidekick." Is there co co hero, co superhero? Assistant to the uh, superhero, I guess we should call Chris Middleton. Goes a little bit from. Sidekick in the regular season to kind of assistant to the Batman. He's the assistant to the Batman in the playoffs. Truly steps it up. Now, what we didn't like again, uh, by this Bucks team is kind of losing that guard depth. Um, so I think that will come back and bite the Bucks a little bit in the playoffs at some point. But I got to give it to just Giannis being dominant. The man is just having his way with the entire league in the regular season. He can't wait for the playoffs to begin. And this was a great year by the Cavs. And I truly don't want them losing in the first round. Really kind of uh, put a negative light on the season as a whole and it's truly unfortunate that this Cavs team would have to face the Bucks if this season ended now uh, let me have this Cavs face this Cavs team face the Heat let me have this Cavs team face the Nets let me have this Cavs team face the Bulls and I take the Cavs over all those teams against the Celtics I could definitely see that happening as well uh, just the Bucks, the Raptors that's probably the two toughest teams for this Cavs team to face uh, especially the Bucks. that's definitely the number one so I'm hoping the Cavs don't have to face the Bucks first round, but if they do, I'm taking the Bucks over the Cavs here. Four two, four two. Cavs maybe win game one, feeling good, but the Bucks they get it done. They know how to win the championship. They've gone through adversity in that championship. Uh, run going game seven on the road against the Nets, losing some players, some key clutch players throughout some series. So this Bucks team, they know how to win. They've already won. Giannis taking over all that. Love this Cavs team. Want to give them re their respect, but I'm taking the Bucks over the Cavs in six. All right, then we get the 6-3 matchup, 76ers at the Celtics. Now, this one should be very good and entertaining as well. We've seen this Celtics team truly ramp it up here these last two, three weeks right before the All-Star break. This Celtics team is truly going to be a big key team to watch on how they come out right early out of the break and then as they progress to the playoffs.
So, Celtics, Marcus Smart, fantastic. Bringing in Derek White, fantastic. But what are the Celtics lacking? The big. What do the 76ers have? The One of the best bigs. MVP caliber big this season, Joel Embiid. And this is a bigs world, folks. Y'all know how we feel about the bigs in the NBA. So, like this Celtics team, but I'm going to take the 76ers team in six. I'm going to call it 4-2. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown getting it done. Marcus Smart, Derek White helping out. But Robert Williams and Daniel Tice versus Joel Embiid. That's no contest, folks. Absolutely zero contest. Game over. Don't even need to see the team. the games played. But I will give credit to the Celtics for, uh, you know, getting it done. Uh, the head coach has truly figured it out. We saw the Celtics blow out the 76ers like two games right before the All-Star break. The 76ers will have uh, James Harden and all that, so they'll be a little bit better. Doc Rivers can truly get in the way of the 76ers team. So these are definitely big things to watch for as, you know, the end of the season kind of, you know, is played out. How do the Celtics overcome not having a great big? How do the 76ers overcome Doc Rivers' garbage game management and all that? So we'll see how all that plays out, and that can definitely, you know, influence our decision. We'll rerun this again, maybe in the midpoint of the back end of the back end of the part of the season. So we could definitely rerun this again. But as of right now, I'm taking the 76ers 4-2 over the Celtics. And then we get the Nets. Bulls 7-2 matchup here. I don't love the Nets, but they would be on the road. So we get Kyrie Irving four games, and that's exactly where this Nets team wants to be. They want to be on the road for the entirety of the playoffs because who knows if Kyrie Irving will ever be able to play in Brooklyn again. We don't know. Uh, this Bulls team, they were a big surprise to us, folks. I think this Bulls team is overvalued at the moment. We love DeMar DeRozan. We love Zach Levine. We love Vucevic. But they're not beating the best teams, folks. We've said it. They only have six quality wins at the All-Star break. That is the lowest out of everybody that we looked up, folks. When we did our power rankings, six quality wins was the lowest of the top 14 teams in the NBA at the current moment. So this Bulls team, they're inflated. They're overvalued. Yes, DeMar DeRozan is good. They've got a little bit of depth. Not the best depth by this Bulls team. Let me bring them up here. Um, obviously, we've got the big uh, big three that can be a potentially big four. Vucevic, DeRozan, Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball out. We'll see if he can get back. We love their other guard play. Ayo, Dasunmu. Fantastic at the one. We don't mind. We don't mind Alonzo Ball being out at all because AO can get it done. Kobe White can get it done. We now get Derek Jones Jr. back, so hopefully he can be a great uh, piece for this bench. They bring in Tristan Thompson. We'll see if he stays here for the long haul. Uh, so they've got the big three. They've got some good guards. They've got some solid depth here. And the Nets, uh, once again, uh, I don't love the squad. I don't think it's going to be as good. Once again, everybody's just saying this Nets team is going to be good um, before we've even seen Ben Simmons play. So I, I, I don't think this Nets team is going to be as good as people are saying. But against this Bulls team, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they'll be able to kind of get it done. Ben Simmons, he's going to be the big question mark here. Once again, I do like what the Nets brought in depth-wise at the trade deadline, bringing in Seth Curry, bringing in Andre Drummond. I think that's big. Uh, for this Nets team. And I'm going to call this one 4-3.
Nets, uh, Bulls keep it a little bit close here. Nets don't really dominate anything, uh, but they are going to be you know on the road for Game 7. That's Kyrie Irving and uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. They can hit clutch shots in the playoffs and the finals. We've seen them both do it. Um, one helping LeBron, one over LeBron, all that. Uh, so I think the Nets can come out of the first round. We'll see if they can make it to the finals, though. I don't really think so, but we'll see. But I'll have the Nets beating the Bulls 4-3. Alrighty, here we go. Second round matchups here. We got the eighth seeded Raptors versus the fifth seed Bucks here. And uh, this is a great, great, great option for a great matchup for this Raptors team. The Bucks don't have that much great depth, and so do the Raptors. They don't really have that great depth either. So, um,. They'll be equal in that footing. We get this Bucks team with Giannis. Y'all already know we love Jan Bon. Fantastic. Uh, one of the best bigs in the league, absolutely. Bobby Portis, fantastic. He can stretch the floor. This is really just going to come down to on the floor, getting it done. And when push comes to shove, it's going to always go to the bigs, folks. We've seen it. How many more times do we need to see the bigs dominate something um, before we truly give them all the respect and credit they deserve? The bigs are here to stay, folks. And if you don't have a great great big the Raptors you know you got precious uh Pascal Siakam can play the five but he's not a big obviously so I'm gonna give it to the Bucks here I think the Raptors can be a little bit competitive in it but I'm giving it to the Bucks uh winning in six four two over the Raptors all right, then the other second-round matchup here in the Eastern Conference, we get the 76ers versus the Nets. Nets will be on the road here for four games, so that's beneficial to the Nets. But at the end of the day, it's Joel Embiid versus no bigs of the Nets. And then we get Joel Embiid versus Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid will do whatever it takes to absolutely crush Ben Simmons. This is where kind of the leadership is going to take over. This is kind of where the... Um, I, I don't want to kind of, when I say this word, I don't want it to kind of be as negative as the word is, but you know, the selfishness of these Nets players, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, I mean, uh, they are a little bit selfish personalities a little bit. Yes. Can we all agree with that? Once again, I don't want it to be as negative as that word is, but that's what it is at the end of the day, a little bit of selfishness, basketball, all about them. You know, basketball, you know, they get their feelings hurt very easily. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons. So you get, that's what I'm saying when there's no leadership on this Nets team. When everything's going wrong, who's going to step up for this Nets team? Now, I do want to give a little credit to Kevin Durant because uh, since he's been injured... And uh, when Kyrie Irving can play and they got rid of James Harden after the trade deadline and it was just Seth Curry and Andre Drummond out there by them loans, the, by their lonesomes, uh, we had Kevin Durant on the bench hyping it all up, clapping. So I will give Kevin Durant uh, credit for being a leadership in that aspect. But on the floor leadership, how well is Kevin Durant? Uh, that is a little still questionable, I would say. So at the end of the day, the 76ers team having Joel Embiid, having James Harden, both fantastic, both kind of felt they've been wronged. Uh, James Harden feels he's been wronged by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving by being like, yo, what the hell is going on? This was, We were all supposed to play together and y'all aren't playing, so what's going on? And then uh, Joel Embiid with Ben Simmons, he's like, hey, we're supposed to be getting this together. We're supposed to be doing this a championship to Philadelphia together. And you want to go and pout and be on the sidelines because people said you can't shoot? Because you can't shoot? <laughs> okay, so... I think it's going to come down to uh, this 76ers team wanting to kind of prove, hey, y'all didn't believe in us? Well, now we're smacking you. And I have the 76ers winning 4-2 over the Nets. 
And that brings us to the Eastern Conference Finals, having the Bucks at the seventy or the yeah Bucks at the 76ers. Bucks to fifth seed, 76ers the third seed here. This should be a wow, wow, wow series, and I cannot wait for this to happen. But I'm going to call this one in seven, folks. I'm going to give it to the 76ers 4-3. And really, it's just going to be because of the 76ers guard play. James Harden with uh, Joel Embiid. This should be one of the best things that we have seen. This should be like Lob City, but better. And we all know how great Lob City was, um, at least in the regular season. Because <laughs> we know they kept not getting too deep in the playoffs. So, um, and that's really what it's going to come down to. The Bucks getting rid of Pat Connaughton, I think, is the worst move that they really could have made. Uh, I, I love Andre. Uh, I love, uh, well, uh, hang on, hang on. I love, um... Serge Ibaka, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that's the depth that they needed here. They got no real backup guard here. I like Drew Holiday, don't get me wrong, but... Uh, Drew Holiday over James Harden, not having that Pat, Pat Connaughton coming off the bench. The 76ers don't have that deep of a bench either, but this is why, you know, the Bucks made the wrong move. If they were if they had depth ability at the guard position, I'd probably go Bucks here. But having Shake Milton, Firkin Korkmaz, I mean, I'm taking that over whatever the Bucks have at their kind of, you know, second depth guard-wise. So I'm going to take it with the 76ers team. Also, we've got Tyrese Maxey. If worse comes to worse, has to kind of take over point guard duties for some reason. Maybe we even get Tyrese Maxey coming off the bench. I don't think that happens, but if it does, it will work out. So I'm taking the 76ers over the Bucks in seven, and the 76ers get to the Eastern or get to the finals coming out of the Eastern Conference. Alrighty, now we got to hit the Western Conference. So let's start all over here. Here we go. The play-in tournament in the Western Conference. We've got the Timberwolves at the 7th seed, the Clippers at the 8th seed, the Lakers at the 9th seed, and the Blazers at the 10th seed. Now, we are assuming Paul George is going to be back. I'm not... I'm not factoring in Kawhi Leonard. I'm only factoring in Paul George for the Clippers. I think I will be factoring in Damian Lillard for the Blazers. And that's how we will talk about this through. So let's start with the 7-8 matchup here. Winner gets the 7 seed. Timberwolves in the Clippers. Clippers at the Timberwolves here. And uh, with Paul George back, I got to give it to the Clippers. <coughs> This Timberwolves team a little bit too dependent on their big three. D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns to have all the offensive production. Where this Clippers team with Paul George, this is a complete team. Paul George isn't ball dominant. He's still one of their main scoring options, but everybody else is better with Paul George. That's why this Clippers team has floundered tremendously ever since Paul George has been out. But with Paul George in the starting lineup, great leadership on the floor. It's infectious. Everybody's scoring. Uh, you've got that kind of superstar to begin with. Other role players adjust accordingly to that. Where the Timberwolves, they still need to kind of start winning against the best teams. And we need to see the role players start to step up a little bit more consistently. We can believe and rely a little bit on uh, the depth here of the Timberwolves. We get Patrick Beverly, who has, you know, a good game every now and then. Jaden McDaniels, Jordan McLaughlin, we can kind of rely on here and there. But for the most part, we need them to be a little bit more consistent. Now we're in a winner go, or kind of a winning in kind of style. We get Paul George, this Clippers team. Shout out to Ty Lue, a great coach as well. He'll have his team ready to play. I am taking the Clippers over the Timberwolves. So the Clippers get the seventh seed. 
Then we get the Lakers at the Blazers, and Damian Lillard has not been clutch all season long. We'll see if he kind of re-clutchifies in the back end of the season, but uh, that's yet to be seen, so we're not going to factor that in. And then we get, you know, the Lakers. Lakers against the Blazers, so LeBron needing to win. He's not going to get bounced in a game a playing game tournament that's a playing tournament game that's not going to happen where you know the Blazers losing CJ McCollum losing Norman Powell lackluster offensively now we still have Nurchich we still have um moves their guard their guard that they're rocking with we love the guard um, here it is, folks. Uh, Anthony Simons. How did I, how did I blank on Anthony Simons? Fantastic. Um, so we love him. We thought, you know, you can get rid of Damian Lillard, but he wants to stay. So I guess, uh, that's not going to happen, but, uh, it's going to come down to LeBron in a playing tournament game. They get it done over the Blazers. Once again, Anthony Davis versus Nurchich. Give me Anthony Davis. So Lakers beat the Blazers, but then the Lakers have to face the Timberwolves. And once again, it's just this Lakers team. It's going to be LeBron. And I know he's upset with the Lakers here in the organization. And he's thinking about, or he's kind of, everyone's hypothesizing that the Lakers, like, throw in the towel. How lame is that to even talk about? Um, I think LeBron steps it up, gets it done over the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are good, don't get me wrong, but it's not like they're super talented. The Lakers have a big three. The Timberwolves have a big three. I'm going to rely on the King to rely on his big three to overcome the Timberwolves' big three. And I'll take the Lakers to claim that eighth seed all right so we've got the Clippers the seventh seed and the Lakers the eighth seed so let's save this and head over to our Western Conference bracket shout out to this website uh brackethq.com absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic so easy to make any bracket you want flawless flawless all right so let's fill in the seventh and eighth seed here in the Western Conference and walk through it so the Clippers taking over the seventh seed and the Lakers taking the eighth seed. So now that we've got all of our participants in it, let's start the tournament and walk through and see who's going to be meeting the 76ers in the finals. All right, here we go. First matchup up, the 1-8. The 1-8 matchup, and this is where the Lakers' fortune is unfortunately going to run out. LeBron can carry them to the playoffs, but if they have to face the Suns round one, good luck. Now, we are assuming Chris Paul is going to be good to go. He's going to be out six to eight weeks after uh, you know play resumes tomorrow, which is truly unfortunate. The Suns are truly reliant on everybody in their starting lineup, especially Chris Paul and Devin Booker. The Suns have some depth here coming off the bench. Aaron Holiday, Laundry Shamek, Torrey Craig needs more credit, Cameron Johnson. So they've got depth here off the bench, but they don't have anybody to fill in for Chris Paul. That's not going to happen. Cameron Payne cannot fill in and be as good as Chris Paul, a floor general, leader, scorer, assister. I mean, he does it all every single game. You know, there's nobody like Chris Paul out there that can get it done on this uh, on this Suns team. So we definitely need Chris Paul to be healthy, and we are assuming he will be healthy by the time the playoffs start. But they are truly relying on him. Also with Devin Booker, there's no other scorer offensively on the Suns team that can give us the production consistent as Devin Booker, 25, 30 plus points a game. There's nobody else that can do that for the Suns team. So Suns are truly dependent on Chris Paul and Devin Booker. 
Now, facing this Lakers team, it should be easy. LeBron can carry all he wants, but at the end of the day, the Suns are just more deep than the Lakers are. DeAndre Ayton can't really guard the perimeter well for Anthony Davis, so that would be a leg up for the Lakers. But then we have the lack of depth for the Lakers. We've got, you know, the whole Russell Westbrook and all that going on. So I'm going to give it to the Suns here uh, 4-1. <laughs> 4-1 over the Lakers. I don't think it's going to be really a contest. All right, then we go to the 5-4 four, seed, and now we get the Mavericks at the Jazz, and this is not the team the Jazz want to be facing round one. The Mavericks shoot the outside shot. The Jazz, they love to shoot the outside shot. I don't think they're as good as it um, as the Mavericks. And the Jazz have Rudy Gobert, who's going to have to be guarding a perimeter on somebody because everybody shoots the three here. Uh, they don't have Porzingis anymore, so they're not going to have like a traditional down low big and that wasn't even Porzingis in the first place but uh so Rudy Gobert is going to be down in the paint with nobody else while everybody else is just shooting threes all over the place here this Jazz team they're they're good on paper folks but man oh man they definitely need Donovan Mitchell they definitely need Rudy Gobert that's their two leaders uh but other than that I mean, Rudy Gobert still can't guard the perimeter. I don't understand why this man cannot guard the perimeter for the bigs on the outside shooting. Uh, you know, multiple defensive players of the years, always so highly regarded, but he's still getting destroyed on the perimeter. So we get this Mavericks team, Luka Doncic doing it all. We get everybody on the Mavericks able to shoot. So I, I just think this is a really mi big mismatch here for the Jazz. They're not going to be able to keep up three-point shooting with the Mavericks. And I'm going to call this one for the Mavericks, folks. And uh, like pretty convincingly, I'm going to call it 4-2. Big old upset here for the Mavericks. But they win games, folks. And this Jazz team, they just never bring it as well as they probably should bring it. They've got a lot of talent on their team, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Connolly, Bogdanovich, love their bench, Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, Jordan Clarkson, they've got players, but uh, that's just traditional basketball that they're playing, no dominant big, pick and roll with Donovan Mitchell, some good three-point shooters off the bench, but that doesn't win anymore, you need like a Steph Curry outside shooter with the Jazz don't have, or you need a great big with the Jazz don't have, so they're in just kind of this classic basketball style mode, and we saw that last season. Wasn't impressive. Um, and it's the same here this season. Rudy Gobert still not doing good. So I'm going to give it to the Mavericks in six. All right, then this uh, next matchup up here, we got the Grizzlies at the Nuggets. And the Nuggets, shout out to the Nuggets. Shout out to Jokic for truly t uh, carrying this team. I don't see Jamal Murray being back. I don't see Michael Porter Jr. being back for this Nuggets team uh, this season. So unfortunate to them where this Grizzlies team has played such great basketball this season, folks. So much better than last season, and they were so good. Once again, John Morant just kind of freed up, not having Valanchunas on his team anymore. And I'm not knocking Valanchunas, but, you know, a little bit more offensively dominant than Steven Adams is and now the Grizzlies are the third seed in the Western Conference so they're getting it done They've got a nice depth here off the bench. Uh, Grizzlies are a little bit like the Hawks, where they are a little bit too, uh, too, maybe too dependent on Trey Young, a little bit too dependent on John Morant, but at the end of the day, it is getting it done, so we still have to give them credit. And then, once again, the bench here for the Grizzlies is really solid. Brandon Clark, Kyle Anderson, we get uh, DeAnthony Melton, Tyus Jones, all of that. Um, so, Xavier Tillman, when he's good to go. 
if he's going to go. So, I mean, just real great depth here. Some great outside shooters. Just having kind of Steven Adams be a dominant big down low whenever you want to give him the ball. Only taking about four or five shots a game. Uh, they don't have any big outside shooting bigs. So, that's where the Grizzlies may kind of flounder a little bit in the playoffs. If they have to face, you know, a great big dominant team. Which, you know, they do have to face round one in the Nuggets, but it's just Jokic by himself. They've got really nothing else. Once again, we've been really disappointed with Aaron Gordon not being that kind of dominant 20-plus point-a-night score or anything consistent like that. So I love how this Grizzlies team is just playing this season. Great defense, and I'm going to call it 4-2 for the Grizzlies over the Nuggets. All right, then we get the Warriors and the Clippers here, and I'm assuming Draymond Green's going to be back. I'm really hoping, and we're going to be talking about this Warriors team as if Draymond Green is back. If no Draymond Green, they're not winning a ring, and I don't know if they win a ring with Draymond Green this season. We still have to walk through it, but they don't probably make it out the second round. They may be able to make it out the first round over the Clippers by just outshooting them, but at some point, you're going to need a big or some beef down low, um, and Draymond Green is really all of that, so... We'll assume uh, Paul George is playing for the Clippers here. We're assuming that Draymond Green is playing for the Warriors here. <coughs> and I like this Clippers team, don't get me wrong, but uh, the clutchability of the Warriors, they're going to be at home. Steve Kerr, Splash Brothers back in the playoffs. That's what they're waiting for. The Warriors are done with the regular season. They've been done with the regular season since 2014. Right, can the playoffs just start? Clippers, they'll have Paul George back. Everybody else will be solid, but at the end of the day, it's just going to be the Warriors, Splash Brothers, out shooting the Clippers. The Clippers don't have that many great three-point shooters that are consistent, so I'm going to give it to the Warriors, 4-2 over the Clippers. That brings us to our uh, the second round here. We got the Suns and the Mavericks, and I'm going to take the Suns here 4-1 over the Mavericks. Once again, outside shooting can kind of take you so far, but we need a big. We need some ball movement here, and uh, the Mavericks, just they just don't have the big, and I don't see them going too deep in the playoffs. So I'm going to take it Suns 4-1 over the Mavericks. Then we get the Grizzlies at the Warriors, and this is going to be good. Once again, the Warriors are truly going to need Draymond Green if they want to compete with this Grizzlies team. Steven Adams down low should be able to be dominant here. The Warriors probably have the advantage a little bit because it's Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. I mean, when we talk about having great outside shooters, yeah, your team can have great outside shooters, but Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, that's another stratosphere. And we just saw Steph Curry at the All-Star uh, game. The man is back, okay? What was it, 15, 16, three-pointers he made in that game, setting a record, uh, flawless, being flashy, being the classic Steph Curry that we all know and love. We did not get anything like that with Steph Curry the last three weeks of the season heading into that all-star break so Steph Curry's back the three-point shooting shot is back the flash ability of the Warriors is back folks and I think that's gonna unfortunately unravel this Grizzlies team but I think it's close and I'm gonna give the Warriors winning it in seven here four three over the Grizzlies, and that brings us to the Suns and the Warriors, and uh, I'm going to give it to the Suns here in seven. Once again, it's just really going to come down to having that dominant big in the Warriors, Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, they're good defenders, but having DeAndre Ayton, 
Uh, Jay Crowder, some good beef down low as well. That doesn't get enough credit um, in the Warriors. They, you got to have a big, and I'm going to give the Suns a little bit of a better big than the Warriors have. And I think once we get you know to the Eastern, Western Conference Finals, we're going to have those bigs truly kind of dominating and winning like we kind of saw a little bit last season with Giannis getting it done, winning the Finals. So I'm going to take the Suns 4-3 over the Warriors. So we've got the Suns and the 76ers in the Finals, folks. And, uh, man, oh, man, the Suns, mm, mm, mm. I'm going to take I love the 76ers, folks. I, give me Joel Embiid um, over, give me Joel Embiid over DeAndre Ian, yes, sir. Um, give me James Harden over Chris Paul. No disrespect to Chris Paul, but will he be able to stay healthy? How long is that going to be able to hold up? Can Chris Paul finally get it done in the playoffs? And once again, Devin Booker. The Suns team is a little bit too dependent, I think, on Devin Booker scoring the basketball. Usually when Devin Booker's not having a great night, the whole team just kind of is off from that point. So I love the Suns team. Don't get me wrong, but I think they are too Devin Booker dependent. Where we get the 76ers having James Harden. He can do it all. Rebound, assist, score, facilitate the floor. Joel Embiid can facilitate the floor. Pass, rebound, score, shoot outside three, shoot down low. He can do it all. And I just don't know if the Suns are going to be matching up well against the 76ers. Now the Suns will be at home. We'll have home court advantage for game seven. Um, so that's a benefit for the Suns. But I'm going to call it 76ers in six over the Suns, folks. 76ers and six over the Suns. And the 76ers being the NBA Finals champions. Cannot wait. Doc Rivers is really going to be the only thing holding this team back if that is the case here. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't come to uh, come to happen. But James Harden, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey. I think it's enough, folks. I think it's truly enough. Shake Milton, Firkin Korkmaz, Danny Green coming off the bench. And we know Danny Green loves the playoffs, loves the finals. He he lives in the finals, folks, okay? Multiple rings for Danny Green. Never shows up in the regular season, but it comes playoff finals time. We get great Danny Green. And so that's going to be a huge piece for the 76ers with him coming off the bench here. So... I'm going 76ers in six over the Suns here for the finals win. So with us declaring the 76ers being the winners of the finals at the midway point of the season, let's see what the odds are on that to see if we can make a little bit of money. And we'll also see... Yeah, here we go. We'll also see what the Vegas puts at kind of the highest teams and how they order it and the odds and that. So here we go. Let's refresh these odds. And let's see if we can make a little bit of money. Putting a little bit of money on the 76ers to win the finals. Loving them. So here we go. The highest odds are the Suns at plus 380. The Nets are number two at plus 450. The Warriors are three at plus 450. Then we get the 76ers at plus 700. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $10,000 on the 76ers. Nets you $70,000. That's pretty gosh dang good, folks. Love that. So, bet the 76ers plus 700 odds. Really great value. They got the Bucks at 750, which I think is a little uh, little low. I, I don't I don't see the Nets being this high. I'm going to be honest with you. I do not buy into this Nets team like everybody else buys into this Nets team. There's going to be no direction, no leadership on this team at all. Name me the leader on this team, folks. 
I can't think of one. I cannot give leadership to Kyrie Irving. He passed the buck immediately to James Harden once they got there. Kyrie Irving said, I'm not the point guard. <laughs> Literally, after game one, I'm not the point guard. He, he set the, the standard in game one. I am not the point guard. That's not going to be the leader. Passing the buck to James Harden. Kevin Durant. A little bit kind of, you know, a little bit of a turtle. He's the Aaron Rodgers of the NBA, if you will. Um, that's not a leader. Ben Simmons, he quit on the 76ers because they said he couldn't shoot. I mean, is that, where's the lie? Where's the lie? Ben Simmons, you can't shoot. Why are you taking offense to that? Get better. That's not a leader. Steve Nash can't make a decision for the team. That's not a leader. Seth Curry may be the best leader on this team, and he's coming off the bench. I don't think that's going to get it done. So uh, give me the 76ers to win the finals. I'm not buying in at all on the Nets. Nets at plus 450 odds is not even good value at all. At all. That's trash value. They are not that good. They're overvalued and all that. So not buying into the Nets here. Warriors, Sun, 76ers, the top three teams here besides the Nets. And, you know, we had all those three teams in the top three. So I guess we are a little bit on the same page with Vegas besides the Nets. I cannot buy into this Nets team at all. So 76ers winning the NBA Finals this season, folks. And uh, I don't want to, you know, toot our own horn, but we did call the... Bucks winning the championship. I think we did that at our second iteration of walking through the season at the end of the regular season before the playoffs started. We officially called the Bucks winning the finals, and they did. So, you know, this holds a little bit of weight over here. Calling the 76ers championships uh, champions at the midway point of the season, uh, it's probably going to happen, folks, okay? <laughs> so bet that. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back live tomorrow around noon Eastern talking about the NBA. Finally, games back on tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, yes. Cannot wait. So we'll talk a lot in depth. Once again, a little bit of a wink, a little bit of a spoiler what we're doing tomorrow. Big betting show, NBA back. Do you all know what we're doing, folks? I'll even tell you all that, folks. I'm even going to spoil a little bit more since y'all stuck around to the end. Props to y'all. Um, we are going to be officially predicting and reacting to the NBA lines tomorrow. We don't do that for the NBA because it's every day. It's it's not as interesting as the NFL. You know, one week a game, all of that. Um, it, it would take way. If we were predicting the lines every day for the NBA, I mean, we'd have three hour shows here. So, a little bit of a special day. Back to the NBA. We will be predicting and reacting to the lines tomorrow and seeing how it all plays out. Seeing if we know uh, Vegas like we know Vegas and seeing where that great value is and seeing which teams are truly going to be on their horse game one after the All-Star break. So, we'll talk all that tomorrow. I cannot wait for tomorrow's show. Going to be a great one. So come back tomorrow live around noon Eastern. Maybe kick it off a little bit early, about 11 o'clock. Uh, just, you know, maybe have some notifications on at Twitch uh, to know when we're going active. Alrighty, folks. We are out of here. Have an absolute great one. No breaking news as we are seeing, so we are free to get out of here. So have an absolutely great one, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. And uh, congratulations to the 76ers for being the NBA champions this season. Cannot wait for that to happen. <laughs> Going to be great. Alrighty, folks, we are out of here. Have an absolutely great one, folks. We will see you tomorrow.